Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Good evening and welcome back, Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the uh, welcome back to the Six Rings Kings show. We've got an absolutely epic show for you today. But before we get going, uh, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Manscaped.com. Let's give a shout out to Manscaped real quick. Uh, if you haven't heard already, um, go check them out, Manscaped.com. Uh, when you're playing, it's it's winter time. It's it's uh it's boyfriend girlfriend time, right? This is when everybody wants to look good for the women and for the ladies and for the men and for everybody. Uh, so make sure you got everything going with manscaped.com, their performance 4.0 package. All right, let's go down through through it here. It has everything you need to prepare for uh for your winter body <laughs> for your winter body. Man, inside this package you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, those are really cool, and a travel bag to hold on to your goodies. Here it is. I know you can't see you're watching the thing, but that's all right. Uh, make sure you check them out at manscaped.com. When you buy anything, make sure when you order, put in the code 5RSN. That's the number five, and then the letters RSN. 5RSN, you'll get 20% off, plus free shipping on all your orders. Make sure you go to manscaped.com, put in the code 5RSN, 20% off, plus shipping and handling. Make sure you check them out. As I mentioned, we got an absolutely epic show today. Some incredible guests, uh, Super Bowl champions, national champions. We got them all here. It's Florida State Week, baby. Happy Halloween. Let's go, Canes. Get it going. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings Kane Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. Uh, we're really excited, actually, to have uh, um, Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host uh, of the Huddle. Coach! Yes! yes. All right! <laughs> First touchdown of the year. <laughs> Miami Hurricanes, yeah. You know the name already. It's Merced, 
It's a six-rig game show. Can't forget the name, though. Got jazz, blue, vision, DJ, break the game code. Ain't no changing up. Ain't no breaking up. Real port alive from the Hall Ride Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange and green. You see the six-rig champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond 100 yards of hurricane. Oops. What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. All right, so we uh, we lost Jazz briefly, but I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, uh, take the reins here a little bit. Uh, so let's just get right to it. We got, we got a Hurricane legend backstage, so let's let him in. Uh, Welcome to the show, uh, the one and only Kenny Phillips. What's going on, fellas? I appreciate you guys for having me. Can you, can you hear me pretty good? Yeah, we're yeah, great. It's, okay, I, I had to go find a quiet spot. I'm actually out trick or treating <laughs> with my kids. <laughs> you, did you eat too much candy already, or what? I had I had a piece or two. I'm trying to watch my watch my weight. <laughs> I know. I, hey, a big FSU week. Obviously, I, I know that this gets your blood a little bit boiled a little bit. Uh, more so than a Carroll City Northwestern game, I'm sure. Um, talk about your memories of Florida State weeks, and uh, uh, because I know that when you when you played at Miami, you had a lot of friends that you that played at FSU. It's always been a friendly rivalry. It's not like FSU and Florida where they're ready to beat each other senseless. But th- this has always been a, a rivalry of respect. Talk about that and and what you remember the most, Kenny. Man, I just remember being being a, a freshman and uh. Actually, just, you know, getting ready, preparing for Florida State and, you know, just how intense it was that we can practice. You know, like, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but no one was going to class. Like, we was just, <laughs> it was it was all football. Like, Florida State, we got to be Florida State. And uh, just hitting the Tallahassee and you, you go through the stadium and you hit a chant, which was a little weird for me. Like you say, from being, you know, playing at Kara City, I'm so used to the war chant. So I had to get away from it and, you know, kind of, ah. But um, just just the, the atmosphere, uh, like you said, a lot of those guys we were friends. Um, I can I actually remember the first play. Just just I was on special teams. I wasn't starting. Uh, I was on kickoff return, and my first assignment was to block uh, Lawrence Timmons. Uh, uh, yeah, that didn't that didn't go well, by the way. <laughs> it, it, but it, I mean, it's just something about that that game. Something about that week. Like you always have that game circled on your your calendar, um, and like I say, for many years, that game usually decided who was playing for the national championship. Um, so it, it was just huge. It was just huge, a huge week. Vish? Yeah, so can you talk about how you kind of – because part of it is controlling that emotion. Can you talk about how you do that going into the game? Because you got to be like – I mean, you talked about all the history in the series and, you know, you hear about it during recruiting, like this is why you come to Miami and that it's actually there. How do you like kind of control your emotions so you don't like – you know, make six on sportsmanlike conduct at least the first quarter or something. <laughs> I mean, you, you you just know it's going to be chippy. You you know it's going to be chippy. But like Larry said, like it's a friendly rivalry. You know what I'm saying? Those guys we went to high school with. Um, so it's not like we want to you know really kill each other. It was more for just bragging rights, uh, more than anything. But um, definitely got a little chippy. I, I, I'll say that. Thanks for coming on, Kenny. Is there one specific memory that you have in particular that really stands out to you 
one specific thing when you hear this week and then that that memory comes right back to you? Is there one specific thing? Honestly, just winning the game, uh, just 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 beating them. Uh, I lost to them my freshman year uh, in a close game. Uh, also, in my sophomore year, we lost to them. And then finally, my junior year, we, we beat them. So just like, I mean, it was it was the feeling, the because the, we were, actually wasn't even having a great season that year. Um, but to beat them and we beat them up there, uh, so that was that was huge. That, that was huge for us. Just just going to the locker room after that game, uh, it was it was just a, a, a great feeling, almost like a, a weight lifted off my shoulders. Because for two years I had to listen to my friends, you know, talk trash, and, and, and they had the bragging rights. But you know, that one year we got them. Kenny, you you brought up a great point uh, when you were playing. These games were always focus games. They were 3.30, they were at 7.30 at night. Uh, big audiences, like you said, they would come in within the top five. Uh, the winner would leave as, you know, get, getting a, a leg up. This week, it, it's not so much, but it's a night game. And I think what it does is, even though that both teams are in the rebuilding stage, uh, it seems to me that there's still going to be that aura. There's still going to be that craziness that surrounds this game on Saturday night. Talk about that because even though it's not the marquee game that it once was, and I'm sure it's going to get back to that, you're still in the spotlight. You're still, I think that, you know, you're getting enough respect from the, from, uh, from the network that they're putting this, this game on. Talk about that. And, and, and I think that that's important because of the fact that, I think the U and the FSU still carry a lot of weight. Yeah, I mean, to a lot of people, yeah, they, they may say this, this, you know, you got two teams that's they're struggling, um, that's trying to, you know, trying to get the game back to where it was, where we were competing for national championship. But like I said, it's a prime time game. This this is a this is a huge rivalry. It's been going on for so long. Um and yeah, it's it's a it's a prime time game, but it, it's a it means a lot. To these guys, it means a lot to these coaches to to beat Florida State. It, I mean, like I say, we circled that game on the calendar. Um, like I say, both teams not doing well. You know, I don't care about Florida State, honestly. They can <laughs> they can they can continue to lose, um, but we're we're going to be okay. And you know, I think if we win this game, it'll do a lot for the guys' morale. You know, just just help us finish the season strong. Um, got a, won a close game last week. Uh, I, I just think we just we just need to win this game. So you, you mentioned it's a night game. Can you talk about like what that day is like? The whole prep, like leading up to the to the kickoff, like as a player, like how you get yourself ready, um, and kind of what that what that what does that day look like as a hurricane player when it's Florida State Day? Well, first of all, uh, there's 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 no school on Friday. I'll, I'll say that uh, we're not going to class. That's one. Uh, Saturday, we just I mean we just. You have, from how we call it, just a lot of former players coming back to the to the to the uh, facility, um, just sharing their memories, um, actually pulling us to the side and just reminding us how big this rivalry is and, and telling us like the history of it. Uh, but you, you just wake up that morning, you know, everyone's excited, you know, everyone's going to come to the game. It's it's just a huge, really huge matchup. And then once you get in the locker room. I mean, you're nervous, but it's it's those good butterflies. Just because you're gonna you're playing against Florida State, it's it's like I said, a huge rivalry. You're playing against your playing in front of your family and friends. 
And like you say, it once was, no, it's not a national championship, but I, I hate to say this, but it's going to be, it's our, it's our national championship. I, I really hate to say that, but that's, that's just what it is. Is there a point in the game where you can kind of slow down and take a breath or do you just feel constant adrenaline when you're out on the field and kind of just take a breath once the game is over? Yeah, I think once I think once the ball finally kicks off, you kind of just okay, I got a job to do. You know, I think all of the cuz all the trash talking, all that stuff kind of slows down a little bit and you you focus on your assignments. Um but once like you just block everything out. You just block everything out. You don't hear the fans. All you hear is your teammates. And uh, you just feed off each other energy. So, um, yeah, I, I think just like once you, you once you actually make that first tackle or make your first play, you know, the nerves are going, the butterflies are going, and you settle in and get the job done. Kenny, let me – before we let you go, uh, when you get to the next level and you're in the NFL – and Florida State and Miami are playing. Do you find yourself on a Saturday checking that game out? I mean, because I know you guys have a lot of the kids, uh, you know, a lot of the players move on to the next level and they've got games to worry about and paychecks to to worry about. But you, you got, there's somewhere in there that there's probably an FSU guy on your team or somebody you know that you're kind of like jabbing. Was, did you ever find yourself kind of being the fan instead of the player? Oh man, Def definitely was a. Uh, you're definitely gonna be a fan. You're definitely gonna find that one person, even even a guy from an, another team who didn't even play for Florida State. You get approached uh, about wagers. Uh, so there, there's a, there's a lot of money uh, <laughs> on some of these games, or you know, or just basically, hey, you gotta wear a UM T-shirt or a Florida State T-shirt for uh, for the for the rest of the week. So you definitely find those you definitely find those guys and uh you may you have fun with it but it's 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 a little it's a little stressful because even now I'm just just watching these games uh, over the last few years like I I get so I, I get so emotional just watching it just <laughs> it, it, it 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 drives me crazy because I I don't know like I try not to watch it and you know I know that we're in a rebuilding rebuilding year and rebuilding stage and and I know Crystal Ball is eventually you know going to turn this program around but it's it's, it's definitely hard hard to watch um, but yeah you, you definitely find those guys and you you know you win a little money you know nice Kenny I can't thank you enough for stopping in this is a big week and we want to let all the fans you know in on some of the former players we got. Uh, Donnell Bennett's coming on this evening, okay. Malik Rozier. So we have little error, different errors of how, yeah, how yeah. people got ready. Again, thanks so much uh, on behalf of all of us, and uh, uh, go Canes. Yeah, and, and enjoy yeah. the trick-or-treating, man. Hey, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. You know, I had, to, I had to hide out in the bathroom, excuse me, from a surge <laughs> from sweating. I, I got people walking in, and I, I, I apologize for that. But I really appreciate you guys for having me, and thank you. All right, Ken. Thank you. Thank you. All, right. All right, have a good one. You too, buddy. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, so apparently our, our boy Jazz here has has reconnected. Jazz, you, you missed the <sighs> Hey, buddy. You can't, Jazz. Can you talk and make sure you like do a sound check here? Listen, man. Let All me right, tell you here we go. Right let me tell you something. I'm about to throw an absolute fit here. You don't understand? I almost threw my phone, my 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 laptop across the the the, the room. All of a sudden, nothing wants to work on my laptop. All of a sudden, I grab my girl's laptop. Hers doesn't uh, uh, support StreamYard either. 
So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna put a hole in the wall. This is the wrong day. Yeah, this is nothing, nothing's, nothing's happening with uh, Streamyard. This well, is absolutely. You know, you know, sometimes you don't get a touchdown, but you win in four overtimes anyway. So let's just go with that. <laughs> this is like the eighth overtime at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, gear up your Don Bennett questions because you're going to be asking a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, right but, now, I don't even have the. Uh, I'm trying to get the mindset back. Oh, well, okay. Kenny well, was great, though. Kenny yeah. was. Uh, Kenny was great. great. Yeah, and 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 speaking of Don Bennett, no time like the present, man. Let's let's let our let our guy in here. There he is. There he is. Hey, Don Everybody else is getting in uh, the show better than the actual host itself. Donnell, you with us? Try to get over here. Yes, sir. There you are. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah nope. we can hear you fine. We can hear you fine. Just All right, what's up, bro? Center your, center your face somewhere in there. <laughs> I'm trying to now, bro. Trying there you to go. Now, bro. There you go. Yeah. Hey, Donnell, obviously, thanks. Welcome to the show. Uh, big week, uh, Florida State week. It's something special. We just talked to Kenny Phillips. Obviously, you were in a different era uh, than Kenny, but but it all meant something. And we, the one thing that we talked about is back in the day, this game not only was a rivalry, but it meant something in the national picture every year. Talk about that. Well, I mean, you probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, FSU week, man, ain't no going to class, ain't no hanging out, ain't nothing, bro. It's one thing going on this week, and that's that's beating them Seminoles. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. All right. Yeah, now everybody can hear me. Okay. Uh, Donnell, again, thanks for coming on the show. We truly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so my question is, I'm, I'm, I'm lobbing you up a, a, a softball here. What did you do to prepare for, for this game, right? This, no matter, throw the records out the window, right? This is all about pride. This is all about rivalry. You're playing against some of your best buddies that went to Florida State, or, and now they're not your best buddies anymore, right? So how do you mentally prepare for this game? Um you as a player itself and 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 what what does it take to to kind of prepare and to get everything ready for this specific game it's like you know you you know you got to you got to bite scratch claw whatever you got to do to get that w that, that's what this game is about. And, you know, when I was at Miami, the preparation that we put in was was probably more than most people. And just the way we prepared for the game, not only on the field, in the locker room, but that carried over into the dormitories. I mean, we, we would talk about it at night, sitting in each other's room, playing tunk. And, you know, like it, it, it is something that emotionally and physically, like the whole week you're preparing for. Absolutely. Go ahead, Vince. Yeah, so, so I'm going to ask you about a couple of specific games. You, you were famously on, on two of the teams on the, on the first two uh, wide rights. What's going through your mind as a player? Because now it's kind of out of your hands. It's all on the other kicker what's going through your head as they're lining up to kick a, a game-winning or game-time field goal on the last play of the game? I mean, for me personally, like, I, I'm I'm saying he's going to miss it. You know, um, you know, playing the game that, that, that we played, when we played it, how we played it, like, the belief system that we had was just, 
incredible. It didn't matter who we were playing, what was going on, man. We always felt like it was going to work out in our favor, favor because we worked so hard. Like we, when we lock hands and we are looking at it, we know he's going to miss. I mean, you're just trying to watch it. But in the back of our mind, there's nothing saying that he's going to make it in that, in that, in that moment. So, you know, and we're ready to run out on the field and do our backflips for those of us who can do them and dance and do all that other stuff. And it's just, it's just a magical moment, man. But it's, it's the work you put in, you know, it ain't, it ain't hoping and wishing and, all that other stuff, man. It's knowing that you deserve it more than they do. Absolutely. Was there anything special that that you did throughout the course of the week, you personally, to prepare for Florida State, or did you just kind of go through your normal pregame routine and treat it like like any other game? Well, you you, you definitely got to go through your normal routine, um, but you, you know the the height. The, the 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 pregame, the postgame, um, the videos from the older guys, um, the, the 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 phone calls you get uh, from guys calling back from the NFL, telling you what it means, and and you better do this, and they better not do that. Like th- that in the media, the media put way, a lot of hype on it because that's what it is, but. You know, as a player, you still got to prepare the way you do. You know the emotions are going to be there, and they're going to be running high, but you just got to, you know, and, and that's the way we were. Like, we prepared to win. We prepared to dominate all the time, and we expected that, and that that's why, in my opinion, that we, we won more than we lost during the tenure that I was there. Yeah. Donnell, you just brought up a good point. The guys in the NFL were calling you. What about when you got in the NFL? Uh, was was that a game? Yeah, because there were still some pretty good games when you went into the NFL when you were in Kansas City that Miami and Florida State played a, a couple of really, really important games. Did you find yourself kind of on this on getting away from your preparation at the NFL level to watch that game and then to kind of like call the guys back that you knew uh, on the team and told them how how, you know, what what they needed and what you guys expected of them? Oh yeah, like KP said, you know, Van Over played on on uh, on the Chiefs with me when I was there, and it was and it was big time bets. And it's not always a financial bet. It's like, man, listen, you you got to wear this this Miami jersey to practice every single day, and then when you put your your regular shirt on, your cheap your jersey on, you're gonna put it on top of this Hurricane shirt every day. Like it it it's not just a uh, you know, happy-go-lucky type deal where, you know, we're betting to see what, whatever. Like, it means something. Like, you're trying to make anybody that goes to Florida State understand that the University of Miami is where Florida football is born. Hey, Donna, I got a, I got another question for you. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Yeah. All right, awesome. Um, I got another question for you, you know, kind of going back to, you know, coming from from all the way back then, right, from 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 your days playing to now. You've got Mario Cristobal here at the helm. You've got him. Obviously, we all know that this program is in a little bit of a rebuilding mode. He's trying to put back that culture, get everything back together here uh, the way it should be. What can you expect from this game this week, you know, considering, you know, the team has been struggling a little bit this year. Um 
And it's not, you know, we're, we're missing some guys. There's some key injuries. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is a rivalry game against Florida State, right? So forget about all that. What what can you expect? What do you expect to see in this game? And how do you how do you think the Kings can win? What are, what is the key for for the Kings to come out victorious in this game this Saturday against Florida State? Well, I mean, the, the obvious, you know, execution, obviously, uh, playing with a passion um, is, is going to be very important. But, you know, the, the biggest thing that I think, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people that are gonna, that's going to be missing is is being able to overcome adversity. You know, it's you know, we're, we're underdogs going into it. Obviously, nobody expects us to win, but the people in that locker room and and maybe some of the alumni. But, you know, when you get on that field, at the end of the day, it's one man against another man. And you just got to win your battles. If we get enough one battles by individuals, we give ourselves a very good chance to, to come out victorious. And, and that's what it's going to be about because I, I think, like you said, you know, talent-wise, on paper, you know, they are a little bit ahead of us in, in that sense. But you know, the one thing that beat talents is passion and, and obsession. So if you go out there with that attitude to really play Kane's football, you know, that's that's not only going to be enough to get it done. But and you don't make it a lot of mistakes. You can't turn the ball over. You know, you can't do all those silly things. But the passion and the obsession is is, is enough to to overcome where we may be deficient in some of the talent areas. So you mentioned, you know, this week Florida State's favored. So do you, what? Gonna throw you a little softball here. Well, <laughs> who do you think is gonna win this game? Who do you got? Uh, no doubt, bro. Like, it ain't no, like, it, 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 it don't mean nothing, bro. Like, and just like we we argue every time we get together. It, the two thousand and one is the greatest team on paper. All that stuff, we get it. But everybody from that 91 team says from, for one game, we're betting on ourselves. It, it don't matter who we play, where we play them at, who they got on their team. For one game, we can win it. And that's, that's, that's our mindset on the Florida State week. You know, we want to win the national championship. But, you know, during that week, we'll put that national championship on the back burner, knowing like you said, during our times, that game had, you know, implications of, of who's going to be able to compete for the championship. But, you know, it's more personal when you're playing them. So, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't I, – I would never be able to say that I'm, I'm thinking Florida State going to beat us. <laughs> How much does a win against Florida State, you know – in, increase the morale of the locker room after a win, and how much does it set the tone for the rest of the season, if any at all? Definitely. I mean, it plays a big part, man. You, you're getting a victory of, against a team that's, you know, playing pretty good football right now, and, and they're your rivalry. You know, that's that's a, that's two with one stone, bro. So, I, I mean, you, you're preparing – like no other game, like it, it's it's a championship game or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, as players, you got to treat it like you, you play the game. You work Monday through Friday and you play on Saturdays. Like that's the nature of it. If you get to the three-letter league, it's the same thing. You work Monday through, through Thursday or whatever and you play on Sunday. 
So when we get out there on that field, we, we're out there to have fun. We're out there to execute. We, we, we're out there to dominate. So, I, yeah, man, playing in the game of, the, of, of this magnitude is, is just huge. And, and us being the underdogs, like you say, and us being not favored, you know, it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off of you. And you can do some different things. You can take some gambles. And you can just play hard and let the chips fall where they may. And if we get enough of that, I, I feel pretty good about it, bro. That's hey, me. Darnell, before before we let you go, um, the one thing they always say about this game, it's it, it's a great game for recruiting because oftentimes Florida State and Miami, a lot of players are coming down to make their choices between the two schools. Do, do you find this as a one of those contests that, will kind of maybe push somebody over to the edge uh, to one school or another, or is it, you know, just another game to these kids? And because the one thing that we found out, especially Miami going through a tough year this year, that a lot of these top recruits that they got for the class of 2023 are all aboard, no matter what happens, they want to be part of the university of Miami growth. Uh, Talk about that as far as how much this game means for recruiting. Well, I mean, FSU has a lot of history. They got a lot of great history. I mean, with what Dion's doing on the college level, and and there's a lot of guys from from Florida State that are really impactful in a lot of ways. But I mean, it's just something different about Hurricane football, bro. It's you know, at the end of the day, we we got a lot of legends floating around, but you know, I, it's deeper than that because the ones that aren't quote-unquote legendary status are, are just phenomenal football players. When you talk about playing the game of football, you know, you got your, your Ray Lewis and your Michael Irvins and, your, you know, those top-tier guys, but then you go down and Kevin Williams and Donnell Bennett and the James Stewart's and, and these guys that may not be legendary status but are great football players. And, and and Florida State got the same thing, but you know the 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 the, the magnitude of playing in this game. Um, I, I think it was ninety two, maybe ninety three, one of those years. But we played in Miami, and it was like twenty five, twenty six dudes that played in the game from Florida State and Miami that ended up going on to the NFL and playing, you know, for four more years. Wow. And, you know, that that's the magnitude of what these games are about, because, you know, it's, it's debatable. But we all like to say that football is, is a Florida thing. And, and, you know, Texas and California get their, their arguments in there, man. But when when these two teams line up, when when Florida and those guys line up, anybody, when we lost to FIU, that's that's big on recruiting because. You know, some of the kids say, hey, we want to get Miami back to the prominence. Those are your true Hurricane fans, and they're going to go there regardless, like you said. But then there's some guys that are good athletes that don't want to go and rebuild, that want to go and be a part of something that's already established, and, and, and they may choose to go somewhere else or whatever the case is, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you know it's, it's, it's a lot of collegiate football being played around the country that's very good. But ain't nothing like hurricane football. Nothing. I mean, listen. It, it sounds like it sounds like the head ball coach, right? When when the U is on, there there isn't anything like it. So I I feel you on that. 
Uh, Donna, I got one more question for you before we hit on, we get you on out of here. And again, we do appreciate your time, man. So we don't want to keep you on too long. But uh, my question is, you know, we've we've talked about how preparation, what it's like to play against uh, FSU. As as Blue as Blue mentioned, you've been you've been a part of some of the the most iconic FSU Miami matchups. What is your most memorable moment being a part of this rivalry? Um. Unfortunately, I think I my my one of my better moments uh, came in the loss. Um, the year uh, they beat us up in Tallahassee, I think they won the national championship that year. But um, you know, we were we were we were underdogs, and we we fought, we fought, and we came up short. Um, that was Charlie Ward's year. He won Heisman and all that good stuff, man. But you know, lining up with those guys and fighting to the capacity that we fought that day, like that's, I, I'll carry that with me for forever, man. Because you know, we 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 were huge underdogs, if I remember correctly. So just be able to get part of the audio's coming out bad on, on everybody's end, right? Yeah, we're kind of losing them there. Yeah. Um, what was that? When Charlie Ward won the Heisman? Yeah. What, what year was that? Yeah, 93. 93, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the year. Um, which, bro, we, we went up there, man, and he, he – he had one of those special days, man, but we fought, man. We fought tooth and nail, and Rohan had a good game, man. Uh, Rob Bass, man, some guys played above and beyond themselves, but we came up short. So, But, you know, unfortunately, that probably would be one of my better memories in it because, you know, I, I was involved in the fighting, and just to be a part of those guys and trying to help them find a way to scratch and win was was, was amazing to me. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Donna, we'll, we'll, we'll get you on out of here, man. But we do appreciate your time, as always. Uh, you're, you're more than welcome to come on at any time. Uh, you're part of the family yeah, here, man. so we do appreciate it, man. Thanks, Donna. Definitely, man. I appreciate you having me, man. And any time, man, it's a pleasure. Good stuff. Go Absolutely. you, huh? Go Canes, Yes, sir. Baby. Go Canes, baby. All about the you, baby. Yeah, it is. Thanks, Donnell. All right, brother. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done you, you, you know what's 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 unbelievable is uh, a lot of these guys mention their most memorable moments is some of their 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 biggest losses right like the you re- you remember those because you take those so hard you take those to, to heart man and it's heartbreaking against you know the, the fsus and and your rivalry games so it's pretty interesting to hear i know it wasn't around for kenny phillips but thank you to kenny phillips for <laughs> For coming on, because I caught the I caught the tail end, and he looked like he was excited. He was pumped up to be on the show. So yeah, he was uh, great. He bummer, was great. bummer for that one. Um, you know, Flo's gonna try to get on uh, with us as soon as he can. He's trick or treating with the kids. This is a tough day, man. This is a tough day. A lot of guys. <clears> look, man, there, you know? it's FSU week. F the, F the no excuses, man. right? No excuses. I'm gonna no excuses, man. Get on the damn. It's FSU week, man. You gotta put the kids to one side. They gotta understand. I'm That's telling. right. How are you well, raising Ken, these if kids? If Kenny can balance it, anybody can do it. Like Kenny showed up. He had his kid uh, right in the next room, making all the noise and getting and feeding him candy. But I'll tell you what, it's a great perspective, guys, <clears throat> to listen to different eras uh, of this, and it shows you how important this rivalry was. I'm sure. You know, even if we got Don Bailey Jr. back in the late '70s and early '80s, or Def, Dave Heffernan. <laughs> Uh, who played in the 80s, I think that it was the same. And we'll find out in a few minutes from Malik Rozier what it was to, you know, the updated uh, version of the series, which is not, you know, just a few years back. But uh, I think it's a great perspective, uh, you know, to hear from these guys. A lot of people don't ever understand how important this rivalry is and what takes place. And you heard Kenny, he goes, you know, if you don't win another game the whole year, if you beat FSU, it makes things work worthwhile. Um, I think that kind of puts it all into perspective. And, and yeah, this game may not mean anything the way it used to, but it still meant enough for a major network to pick it up in prime time. So, uh, you know, I think we're all surprised about that one, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we thought it would be on home shopping network at 9 (laughs) a.m. So, uh, I mean, it is breaking up our because the Georgia Tech game is also on Valley. So, it it broke up our Valley. Oh, wow. 
That's oh, no cool. more James Bates. Oh, that's uh, too bad. Though. Oh, shucks. Too bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I was like literally sitting right next to him this weekend. So, yeah. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> um, before we move forward, uh, I actually, you know, I hate to do this, but um, let's let's kind of touch touch a little bit on that UVA game that we. Um, well, for you all, whoever was there, whoever watched it, had to. <laughs> to go through it you know it was tough i was you know i was riding god knows what ride over in in magic kingdom um so i was uh i I don't want to say lucky enough i still love my canes man no matter what you know win is a win i was excited i was actually as a matter of fact i was on the uh the people mover you guys know the people mover in magic kingdom that goes through the ball through the, uh, the big ball i was on the people mover all right, and I was enjoying myself sitting down. It was like overtime after overtime, and then all of a sudden, I saw someone tweeted out, "Jake Garcia is, uh, takes it in and for the two point conversion, and Miami wins." I was like, "Yeah!" Getting excited, I'm like, "Wow, we didn't score a touchdown, and we still managed to score 14 points! Like, what the hell is going on? This is unbelievable!" Um, <laughs> so, I mean, so yeah, just give I, me the rundown. Definitely, down on definitely this. in the minority here because I guess because I was in the stadium, you could feel the tension. Right. I thoroughly enjoyed that game. It was so tense. It yeah. was on like you knew like one mistake and whoever was going to lose. Like it was that that tight that like it was tense. Now, would you yeah. watch it over again? Hell no. Nothing happened in four quarters. But, <laughs> I know. I don't want to watch it. I was like, oh no. <laughs> in, in the moment, though, it's really tense when you're in there, and I gotta say, like. Uh, Ethan, Ethan, I did you proud because I did not cheer in the press box oh, um, when Jake Garcia dove over the goal line. I stood there stoically inside. I was like shaking. Um, Which, by the way, he had Khalil Brantley. Oh my god! Wide that open. play, like, like you can see that in real time. Back. It opened up wide open. I'm like game over. Oh, and then he doesn't no. throw it, and I'm like, oh my god! And then he, he barely broke the play. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. There were three guys, three players that left that game with a great feeling obviously jake garcia andy borregalis and uh and the kicker from virginia will betridge who happens to be from miami gulliver prep those those three really will be remembered for that game uh not often you have eight field goals in one game uh, and a two-point conversion to win it on something that wasn't even a touchdown so um yeah what a you know, Miami kind of deserved it. I mean, they never gave up. Uh, and, and, Vish, you were there, so you know. I mean, yeah. It, and and also, I know there's a lot of criticism of, you know, the offense in that game. And clearly, like, six points is not enough. You know, I don't think anyone says it is. But these games have their own momentum. And I think both teams – so, Virginia, you know, they're similar. They don't score a lot of points. They make a lot of mistakes offensively. I think they looked at our offense. We looked at their offense. And both teams came in with this. Do not screw this up with the offense. Don't turn it over. <laughs> Keep it simple. And that's why the game unfolded that way. And the longer it went on like that, like just the more important it became to double down and triple down on that strategy. You yeah. could not make that critical mistake. And I think both teams are just waiting for the mistake to come from the other team to kind of open the game up, and it never happened. Like if Virginia on, on their first offensive play, we had, you know, got beat deep and they overthrew it. If they hit that, the whole rest of the game is played different. Right. Doesn't even necessarily mean they would have won. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't just gonna. You don't just add seven points. So once these games kind of you know unfold that way, games don't happen in a vacuum. The fact that they also weren't scoring, um, you know, both teams were looking the other way and saying they're not scoring either. We're fine punting, right? And that's when you get these situations where nothing's happening there. And I cannot I, I, believe. I will say, 
I could not believe. And, and being in the stadium, I think the crowd goaded him into going for that fourth down on the goal line that they dropped. Oh, wow. Because under no circumstances do not take the points the way that game is being played. Like, three points is worth, like, 30 in a normal Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know what it went that's for. And, and, you know, that ultimately was probably the reason they lost. I got a question for for uh, for anybody who wants to answer it. Um, are... oh, real quick, Bayou Beast, I'll, I'll grab a link for some of this information he's asking about. He's coming in from out of town this week and asking about parking, Kane's Walk, and all that. Uh, Bayou Beast, I have an extra parking pass as well for sale. Um, if you're in, if you need it, if you need a parking, let me know. Just uh, DM me on Twitter. It's my that's my Twitter handle right there at Jazz Santana. So, oh, you can't see it now, but um, yeah, now you can. Uh, th- there it is uh, at Jazz Santana. Just uh, DM me if you want. Um, I do have a, a parking pass for you, man. So um, let me know. Um, the question that I want to pose to you guys is because we look. It's it's the play. It's it's as simple as this. The play of Jake Garcia, right? So we all thought, hey, look, he's going to have a whole week under his under his belt of practicing with the ones, okay? Uh, kind of getting rhythm down with the wide receivers. He's got, I mean, surprisingly, X played this game. Jacoby George was there. Uh, he's got most of his receiver core, Kobe Young, obviously, who, again, didn't do much, but still had, you know, the best game out of all the receivers anyways. And that goes to show you, yeah. I think at this point, he's wide receiver one, right? Oh, uh, yeah. And now with X coming back, now you've got a one-two punch that, you know, if X gets it going again, he's coming back from an injury, so it's tough. Uh, you know, that could be a nice little combination there along with Jacoby George and some of the other guys uh, behind them like Latson and whatnot. My question to you is, though, because we we ran the ball well again, right, all of a sudden? Ran the ball well, and as Cooper had his first start of the game of, of the season, which I think you're going to see a lot more of down the road because he is an absolute monster, uh, but a young kid. So he's going to make some mistakes, but uh, he looked – like he is a guy that's going to stay in that lineup now for a while. My concern is just it looked like from from what I saw, right, was a little bit of lack of confidence in Jake Garcia throwing the football around. And I and and going back to Vicious point, right, like this game kind of dictated this type of play. However, at the end of the day, sometimes you got to make a couple plays with your arm. I don't know if Jake Garcia was kind of if he was hesitant, if he was not confident in his playmaking ability, if it was Coach Gaddis. What what do you what's your overall assessment? And we'll start with you, Blue, if you want. What's your overall assessment on the play of Jake Garcia this game and kind of moving forward against FSU this weekend as well? Yeah, uh, it's still very much a work in progress, no doubt. Uh, a couple of times he, you know, he looked like he wasn't, you know, sure what to do with the ball. Um, I think he needs to understand that he's got to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. He took uh, what a couple sacks there when he really didn't need to. That one, he had no he had no choice because they blitzed and he was they were on him before he even made his own decision what to do. But uh, that's the one thing too. I mean, it, you know, I think Will Mallory's got to get involved uh, as well this week because. What you want to do is it's going to be awfully tough to run. I watched uh, some of these teams run against Florida State, and it's uh, they they they're pretty good up front. And Miami hasn't been able to run against, uh, although they ran well last week. Parish ran well, I should say, but it took them a lot of carries, uh, you know, to do it. But I think that that's what they're going to establish first. I mean, if they get established to run this week, uh, it'll make Jake's uh, job a lot easier. If not, then Jake's got to be more than a game manager. He's going to have to – he'll be asked to win the game like he did this week. Uh, and, uh, yep. you know, I'm not real, real sure if that's going to, you know, play into his um, – you know, into his hands or not. I I would hope so. You know, I mean, he's a 
he's a talent. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I read and I, I've got to stop reading all these comments like, <laughs> oh, you see, now you can see TVD and him next to each other and it's no contest. TVD's like a major leaguer compared to him. And that's not real fair because, I mean, the guy had one week of him being the main guy taking snaps with the ones and all that stuff. Let's give him a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not going to get any easier, obviously. The next two games might be as easy as you're going to get. Then Clemson, then you know, and then uh, Pittsburgh, and it's not going to be easy. Um, I, you know, I mean, the Georgia Tech game, uh, you know, they beat Duke, so they're capable of beating, you know, some teams. So no longer, and I said this a couple of weeks ago. It's, I mean, he's gonna every they got to prepare like they're playing Alabama or Ohio State every week because there's no for sure thing anymore, and. Uh, the good thing about this game here, you're at home. Um, although Florida State may have more seats sold, uh, they usually are right there with Miami as far as uh, you know getting seats. But I think this is going to be a really, really good and entertaining contest. I really do, and I think I think Jake's a little bit more at ease. Um, but no, you, you know as well as I do, anybody who starts games, I don't care who it is. Uh, you're going to be nervous until, you know, you get that first slap in the mouth or you complete that first long play. Then you, then the game, then it's sort of like game on. But uh, to answer your question again, Jazz, um, I think he's doing okay. You know, I mean, he's doing, I mean, he's not doing great, but he's not doing bad. He's, he won a game and that's the end, end of the day. That W meant a lot. And I think his confidence, as as somebody mentioned in the chat. Yeah, just just real quick, we're getting was... questions on on TVD. So, I mean, Cristobal said he's preparing all three quarterbacks to right. play. I don't know. You can read yeah. it whatever you want. Um, if if TVD can play, he would obviously play. Yeah, so. he never talks about injuries, or he, does, he he makes no. He doesn't give the the competitive advantage to anybody. I, I would say if play. you know, there's rumors that TVD's out for the year and all that. If that was the case, I think they'd probably just announce it at this point. There's no point. In yeah, could be also. Out. Um, so, but yeah. Curry's getting more playing time. I like yes, to see that. I, yeah. Man, I love Jakar. I, I think that he's gonna he's going to uh, have something to say about that battle next year for for the starting job. Yeah, no doubt. But who's who who better to talk about quarterbacks with than none other than the Seminole killer himself, right? Like, let's just let's yeah, just let's, let's go with that. Let's, yeah, just, that let's just go with that Seminole well, killer. One of my highlights for sure. So yeah, let's just bring in the Seminole killer. Where is he at? He's right here. Hey, there he is. <laughs> Hi, it's me, the Seminole killer. What's, <laughs> what's going on, Malik? Doing? How you doing, man? Thanks I'm for doing good, us. man. I'm 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 here in Tampa. Uh, I'm actually going to be down in Miami Thursday morning. So um, we have a couple events going down there, obviously for the Miami FSU game. So. Um, definitely excited to be down in 305. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, obviously, look, this is a huge week for, for Canes fans, Canes players, uh, for anybody in the orange and green, uh, former players like yourself. Um, and, and, you know, listen, some, one of the one of the most memorable moments, and we've been around for a while watching these games, man, but one of the most memorable moments was that, was that throw to Daryl, right? It was that throw to Daryl Langham a couple of years back, and that was absolutely exciting. And I think that, um, you know, who better to talk about some of the best moments um, 
playing against the Florida State Seminoles. So, so, uh, so before before he answers, I gotta confess, I was in the stadium for that, and I was screaming, "Just kick the field goal!" Like, <laughs> when he won the game, I was like so nervous. I was like, oh, so, so as this man's throwing the winning touchdown. Deja vu moments. You know, we had the field goal blocked the year before that. Obviously, yep. with, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Alignment, so I, yeah I, I got, I got, I got chicken at that moment, and, and you were out there winning the game. So. <laughs> so Malik, so Malik, when you turned to the crowd and you went like this. You were actually pointing at, at Vish, right? Like, hey, don't talk, no, no field. Yeah, he had it. He had it. Nah, all honestly, I had, okay, honestly, if you go back and look at it, it was opposite. So, um, people, I mean, some people know. So, I was born in Tallahassee. Right. right. Um, family split. So, uh, stepmom and both my sisters were Florida State fans. I was a Miami fan. So, like, going in there, like, I've been to Miami, Florida State, Florida State games. Uh, the Jacory Harris touchdown to Travis Benjamin, um, like, years prior is what actually made me. A Miami fan, so I was at that game. That was my first Miami game ever. Um, so you know, when I was there, like I remember how electric that crowd was. So I was like, you know what, let's see how loud they can get. Yeah, obviously, it's a rivalry game, so I knew, like, basically, Rick said, Hey, Malik, we got one shot, or like we're going out. So you know, I wanted them to get hype. Um, the louder they get, I, I think that the more that we play juice, you know, I think that when you talk to a lot of Miami players, their favorite games are road games. Um, it's just it is what it is, but it's like if you guys are going to bring your best, not only do I want the players to bring the best, but I want the best crowd. I want the best everything. So that, to me, was the reason why I did that. That's pretty awesome, though, man. It was really awesome. Yeah, that was a lot hey, of fun. Hey, Malik, uh, one of the things, too, I mean, we had Kenny Phillips on. We had Donnell Bennett, two guys from different eras. Uh, both of them, uh, when they played Florida State, it meant something as far as the national picture. Uh, either you would you win the game and you got a chance to win the national title. As Donald Bennett was saying, his best game was a game that they lost to Charlie Ward the year Charlie Ward won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, you take a look at these different errors. And, and, and like I said, back then they were playing for national titles and it, it was a huge showcase game. I think it's a major, major statement that they're putting this game on a national spotlight again. I mean, it shows that there's mutual respect for both programs, uh, even though that they're both on the rebuild. Talk about that, because I think that if anything shows the the power of Miami and Florida State, what a rivalry it's been throughout the years, and, and it's putting them on at 7.30 on a Saturday evening where the entire nation gets a chance to, to see the game. Talk about that. Yeah, you know, I think that's huge. I think, one, um, it shows the respect that not only uh, the state of Florida has, but the entire nation, you know, for um, ESPN to do that, to give us that 730 kickoff. And obviously people that have watched football, like, you know, Miami hasn't been their best. Obviously, Florida State has shown sparks like they put up points. But um, I think you're spot on the fact that, you know, Miami, Florida State is one of the best rivalries ever. Um, there's only a couple that I can think that rivalry with is Alabama, Auburn, you know, Ohio State, Penn State. Um, but there's not many that can actually, um, I, I, I would say, contain with or stay with the Miami FSU. So um, right. I was actually a little nervous to see what time they were going to have that kickoff. So <laughs> I was definitely um, excited for the 730 game because I feel like even in Miami, like, and, and, I, and I think ESPN did that for a reason because they know that when you have people in Miami waking up at noon, the crowd's going to be, uh, if you get a night game 730 in the Hard Rock, lights on, like more people show up. And I think that was very evident versus uh, Notre Dame whenever we played them 7.30 at the Hard Rock at night. Like, that was the most packed game. Even that one in the game before that, VT. And VT wasn't even as big. It didn't have game day, but it had huge impact. So um, right. I think that, you know, they wanted that game to be electric. And they were like, hey, how do we get the most bang out of our buck, especially with, like, viewerships? And how do we, you know, show people that are new to college football what Miami FSU is? And I think 7.30 was the best time for this game. 
No doubt. We were all worried it was going to be on QVC at 9 a.m. Saturday. Yeah, that's what I was kind of worried. I was like, man, it's 12.30. I got to be up at 7 a.m. again. Like, I can't even sleep out on my weekends. So, definitely glad. DJ, you got anything for uh, Malik? Yeah. Uh, hi, Malik. Can you just talk about how, how you controlled your, your emotions for this game? Because, obviously, as a quarterback, you were kind of like the conductor of the offense did you kind of show that emotion on the field or did you keep us, you know, a calm presence throughout and kind of just let your emotions run after? Yeah. You know, I, I really think football is a combination of both. You know, I feel like a good leader, one shows composure. So I felt like, you know, throughout that season, um, not even myself, but guys like me, Jaquan Johnson, uh, Chad Thomas, they did a great job of showing composure, but also like, you know, we, there were moments where like we did snap, and it didn't come from a place of like, oh, I'm better than you or oh, like you're not executing. It's like, hey, like I've I've sacrificed too much to be here, whether it was how I got here, whether it was, hey, my work to get on the starting field, like, hey, whether it was my, you know, my work to even put Miami because because when I was playing, we were ranked. And it was like that that meant a lot to us to one, not only be ranked, but secondly, stay ranked. So it was like there was a lot that went into it. So, I mean, there were times, you know, where like I'd walk up to my offensive lineman or like, you know, a receiver, like, hey, I need that player. Hey, I need that blocker. Hey, like next drive, like, let's get it. And there's other times I was like, hey, man, we're good. We're fine. Like, next drive, you know, let's let's figure out what we did wrong. So there is a combination. And it is hard because you're dealing with people from different states, different cities, different backgrounds. So, like, you know, the way that I approached Braxton Berrios wasn't how I approached Amon Richards, which wasn't how I approached Tyree St. Louis, which wasn't how I approached Tyler Got the Ear, which, like, all those guys were on my offense, but I knew each person. I knew, like, whether it was, like, Daryl Lang was more person that I had to yell at. Amon Richards, I didn't have to yell at Amon, but it's like I got the result that I got out of them because I knew how to communicate. So, to me, it was a combination of both, you know, learning my teammates, my players, like what makes them respond and what doesn't. Facts. Vish, what do you got from Lee? Yeah, so, you know, we, we were talking about this a little bit before you came on. We're not entirely sure who's going to play quarterback this week, yeah. but if, if it is Jake Garcia, how tough is it? Because you intimately knew all your, your your teammates on the offense, you were within the offseason, you were the man coming into the year. How difficult is it for him to be thrust into that situation now and have to kind of to figure that out and, and lead the team forward? You know, it's definitely hard. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when you're a quarterback, especially as talented as Jake Garcia, that's what you sign up for. You know what I mean? I don't think when you're a four or five star, highly recruited kid that can go basically anywhere, I don't think you plan on, hey, I plan on, you know, sitting behind someone for three to four years. Um, so I think, you know, that's to his point to where, like, you know, I want to see, like, what Jake's mindset was prior. Like, hey, like, did you come in there saying, hey, I'm going to sit behind Tyler? Or was it, hey, like, I want to be the man, whether, you know, I'm the starter, where I'm the second string guy. Like, my mentality is that I'm the starter. And that was one thing that, you know, I was blessed enough early in my career to learn. So um, I remember, you know, when I was when I was at Miami, the game that Al Golden got fired, you know, James Coley walked up to me and goes, hey, like, I don't know why I have this feeling, but, like, I really need you to be prepared. And I remember saying, like, ah, oh, whatever, okay, you know, like, that game I got put in. And after that, like, I treated every day, every practice, every rep as if I was a starter, whether, you know, it was me making sure I treated my second string guys like they were number ones, whether it was, hey, like, I need these reps, you know, David Njoku or Chris Herndon. Um, so that was something that, you know, I hope that he takes more serious because sometimes whenever you are the backup and you, you have a guy that's getting all the accolades saying, hey, Heisman Trophy winner, hey, you know, he had all the the rookie quarterback, you know, records like i i see it from how you know i looked at brad like hey like i'm here i'm here to get better but like this is their guy and it was like hey at the end of the day like no you're one snap away literally from you starting from this being your team so i think he's learning that you know it's it, it is difficult leading a group of guys that you know see someone else as their leader because at the end of the day, like they're questioning you hey can you lead me hey are you tough enough hey can you make every throw and it's like he's slowly proven himself not only to, to one to himself but secondly to his teammates so 
Um, I do expect Jake Garcia to play better. I can say that, you know, from the Duke game to this game, I really saw him finish. You know I mean? After like last week or two weeks ago versus Duke, he had a great start, but he realized, hey, this is a four-quarter football. It doesn't matter if I throw two two touchdowns at the beginning. If I don't finish the second half and I have the multiple turnovers or bad decisions, like it can still lose us a game. And so I think that's one thing that Jake's still learning and something that I, I, I very much plan on him or, or expect to see him get better and better and better because the kid can make every throw from an IQ, from an arm talent, anything like that. Like he can do everything. So it's more about, you know, him coming into his own and creating that chemistry. Malik, uh, obviously you had mentioned Auburn, Alabama as being one of those rivalries. You grew up or you went to high school in Mobile and mm-hmm. had an opportunity to watch that game every year unfold. Um, did you hear much about Florida and Florida, uh, Miami and Florida State before you got to Miami? Because obviously not living far from the panhandle, just like about a half hour away from Pensacola, uh, you that whole corridor from Pensacola to to Tallahassee's FSU world, Dude, yeah, all the way. Yeah, yeah no, did you hear? I did. Yeah, my dad was a was a Miami fan. Um, so I mean, I remember when I was getting recruited. Um, I low key felt like my dad was getting recruited. So I remember him and Arkeo had about an hour to two hour talk about like all the old teams that Keo coached with, played for, things like that. Um, so I was very familiar with the Miami FSU rivalry. I could say that you know when everyone had like their college. Um, game day in like middle school and high school I was the only one wearing like the Miami jersey so I definitely uh, I definitely stuck out in Alabama when all you see is blue and orange and you know crimson and white but uh, I mean I loved Miami ever since I was a kid so um, you know I believe in Mario Cristobal and what he's building so I'm interested to see you know how they show versus FSU because honestly every FSU team I played whether it's you know them being good quarter on quarter being bad like they've always showed up for this game um, so it's like you know whether Miami's been good or bad I, I do expect them to show up for this game and make it very competitive. Yeah, it's actually a great, great segue to my to my next question, because, uh, you know, obviously the Mario Cristobal and we've we've got a, lo- a lot of mixed reactions and mixed mixed feelings from a lot of fans and um, and, and just, you know, players and, and so on and so forth. Right. So uh, and of course, we, we saw them struggle a little bit on offense last week. Uh, you know, a lot of has been said about, you know, the play calling, whether it's Josh Gaddis, whether it's player execution. You know, so many different things, right? Again, this is year one. I don't think any 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 of us here on uh, on this screen right now expect anything to change after seven or eight games. But mm-hmm. it, you know, we are some of the most impatient fans, right, in all of college football. So we want to see them win a national title tomorrow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it, it it is what it is. It's hard to it's it's hard to get away from it. However, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts and you know on how you see the progression of this football program, whether you know, they, obviously they've got a long way to go, but, you know, primarily on the offensive side of the football with Josh Gaddis calling the plays, um, this offense as a whole, um, what do you see moving forward, um, not only in the FSU game, but just kind of moving forward that the rest of this year, you know, 4-4, four four, they're struggling to even be bowl eligible, obviously, because of all these really good games that they're going to be playing now going down the going down the stretch um, in ACC play. So talk to me a little bit about what you feel about this program, the direction that they're headed in, um, player, player-wise, player development-wise, coaching-wise, and, and so forth. Yeah, so one I would say, you know, I, I, I think if you look at our roster, you know, most of our best kids are either a sophomore, retro sophomore, maybe even below that. You know what I mean? We have a lot of really good young talent. Um, and second, you know, I think that a lot of not not a lot of people, there's really two ways when a coaching staff comes in. And I, I've really seen both. So 
Um, when Mark Rick came in, which is what I think Mario Cristobal is doing is, hey, this is my way. This is how I want to do it. This is my principles. Like, this is my standard. And that's what, you know, Mark Rick did at Georgia. And it and it, it worked very well. You know what I mean? That's what he tried to implement in Miami. And I think that's something that when you do it that way, it does take you a couple years to actually recruit, get the right guys in. Because, like, you have a certain idea, hey, I need this player here, this type of run set. So whether you want <laughs> – you know, they're they're probably looking at tight ends more like Darnell Washington, not like David Ajoku, which is kind of tight ends that we have, like Will Mallory, you know, Khalil. Like those guys are more flex. Like we don't have a big six seven, six six bruiser that's gonna go in there, you know, take on a defensive end and drive him six, seven yards back. We do with Dominique, but it's like how well is he do that every snap? And so that's kind of my thing where it's like it will take recruiting classes to get in if that's the type of mindset that they have. And there's nothing wrong with it because I think that, you know, there's guys that um, like Rick did it. Clemson's a big fan of it. Like it's our way or it's the highway. And like once you get that nucleus, and I think that um, Mario has the ability to do that because one, he can recruit. You know, what I mean, we've seen with the recruiting class that he can get the guys that he wants to get. So there's nothing wrong with that mindset. But for the fans, we got to understand if he has that mindset, it's going to take a couple of years to like build the team that he wants. Um, the The second way is the way that it's more for position coaches, which is where, you know, I think that Gaddis can improve a little bit on. So um when Todd Munkin went into Georgia um he was from Cleveland so he was NFL style he was Cleveland Browns offense when he implemented to Georgia obviously he brought a lot of the stuff from Oklahoma State Cleveland like he brought a lot of that spread offense but he really looked at what was Georgia good at you know what I mean like what were these kids good I remember him changing names in his playbook to plays that Georgia knew just so that the kids could understand it and think and play faster so it really is you know how the coaching staff wants it whether it's we're adjusting to the kids or whether it's, hey, it's 100%, the kids just know, so you guys can leave or you guys can stay, but it, it, it's all way of the highway. So, um, you know, with a lot of these kids, especially with South Florida, if you don't have that relationship with them, they will push against you. So that's where, you know, Gaddis wants to, hey, like, we understand that you're missing some pieces. We understand that, you know, you do think that between, you know, the next two to three years, you can find solutions to make your offense which you want to make it. There's nothing wrong with that, and that's fine. But you got to be a, a basically like play chess. Like what are my best pieces? How do I make the most of them? And, and, and how do I use them? So to me, when you think about guys like Kobe Young, Frank Ladson, I mean, even Jay and I, like we should be throwing more verticals, more wheels, more post wheels, things like that. I know a lot of the fans talk about, you know, uh, formations. We run condensed formations. Yes. Spread helps, but most people buy formations. And I, and I bet Larry can talk about this. Formations really help you whenever you want to pick a matchup. So if I want to pick, you know, David Njoku on a corner, how do I do that? I go three by one. I put three receivers to the field, Njoku to the boundary. Even after I do that, if I'm running mesh, it doesn't matter why I have him over there. So the formation is scratched because the, for, the play we ran doesn't utilize David Njoku for the best. And that to me is some stuff that, you know, like Kobe Young, like stretch him vertically. Even if, you know, even if he only gets three go balls, make him run seven to eight, 10, 15 go balls to where you don't know as a DB when he's going to go deep because he's running so many verticals. And to me, it's like, you know, a lot of people watch Tennessee. When you watch them, yes, they do have really good receivers. But whether Hayden Hooker misses it, whether it's a pick, whether it's an overthrow, they constantly throw verticals, whether it's a post, whether it's a go, whether it's a comeback. And that to me is where, like, when you consistently throw those routes, your receivers get better and better because they're consistently seeing the route over and over and over again. Whenever I'm getting, you know, two go balls a game, it's like most of my routes are here. And then every once in a while I'm getting something over the shoulder. And you talk to any of the NFL receiver guys, like over the shoulder balls are the hardest to catch. So you have to repeatedly do it over and over and over again. So to me, it's like obviously last year Tyler was really good with deep balls. We showed success. Yes, we lost Rambo and the other guys. But you look at a lot of the big plays we've had, even the good plays, they've all been on goes. They've all been on deep routes. You know, Jacoby Young or, or even Frank Lassen made plays for us. Yep. Um, any, any, um, 
Oh, I, I thought I thought I heard something. My bad. Uh, Malik, thank man again. We appreciate you coming on the show. I know uh, you got a lot of things going on now when you get back down here, but please feel free to come uh, tailgate with us, man. Yeah, uh, no, stop, definitely. Stop let me by when you get when you get a chance. Yeah, no, definitely. Let me know. I'll have uh, I have about two or three alumni, and then I have actually some business partners with me. So you know, we'll be in the Black Lodge. Some we'll probably hit the West Orange. So we're definitely going to be hopping around from place to place. So definitely, definitely let me know where you guys are. Um, we'll have a bottle of uh, Crown Peach and we'll be taking shots. <laughs> we'll be doing some. Blue will be doing some keg stands with us. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm down, I'm down. <laughs> I, I got one leg. You got the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know you it. got it. You definitely. Hey, Malik. Before <laughs> I let you go, my buddy's uh, his kids a, a coach at Theodore High School, and they're okay. like they're like ten or ten or eleven. They're really up. good. Really yeah, good. he told me he told me that they could hang with a lot of teams in Florida. Tell me about that. Yeah, so honestly, I think so. I I, I think is you know I if they do a good job of not getting beat vertically, which is where you know I think that South Florida teams do really well. Um, I think from a toughness standpoint, you know, I don't know if um, if honestly there's many South Florida teams from a physical standpoint that can sit there and get pounded over and over and over again because. I know plenty of kids from Theodore area. Um, a lot of my family's from there. I know a lot of those kids, like they're tough. They love to get hit. They love the physicality of football. That's the reason why they play because they just, they just love getting hit. Um, right. So to me, I, I, I would love a Florida versus Alabama rivalry, you know, get a couple of teams like Fairhope, Spanish Fort, Hoover, yeah, yeah, let yeah. us come down to central and South Florida and play because I think that one, it helps Florida understand toughness, not saying there's a lot of tough kids in Florida, but like, Alabama, Georgia football is just different. You know what I mean? A lot of, there's a lot of spread, but you go there, it's a lot of eye formation. So I know a ton of teams that run eye formation. Um, so to me, that like versatility would, would, would be very interesting to see how, you know, Alabama competes because from a speed standpoint, like I don't know if there's many kids in Florida that can, can stay with a four rod set. Yeah. My, well, you know what? Miami Central broke Hoover's record. I think the home record there, it was like 44 games in a row. That's crazy. Uh, when, yeah. When Rush Probst was there, I guess. Uh, that that guy's he's he's a different breed too. Didn't yeah, you play baseball? Didn't you play yeah, baseball? I did. Yeah, I played yeah, jazz. You see, I hold on a second. Malik hit a home run in his first game. I think. Or his nah, yeah, game. I did. It was versus Rutgers. Versus yeah, Rutgers. versus Rutgers. He hit a home run. You don't think I'm gonna remember that? Come on, yeah. now. I'm a big. Me and Vish are baseball guys here too. Yeah, so uh, we cover the baseball. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm hey. the baseball guy. Johnny, and the starting yeah, center fielder. Yeah. For, the starting center fielder for Rutgers uh, went on to, to play uh, with the – he was a wide receiver. He was from St. Thomas Aquinas, and he went on to play with the Padre organization. Oh, wow. Um, he's a leadoff batter. He, I think he led the ACC or – I think yeah, the ACC in, uh, in doubles and hits. I, I can't even think of his name, but That's he was crazy. drafted fourth round by the Padres, but he was also one of the best def- – he, he was the only guy to hit a home run and get a pick for a touchdown in one year. <laughs> Well, uh, that's useless crazy. trivia. Useless trivia. I'm telling you, I'm t- I, 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 I wish I would have seen Malik more on the diamond, also. Man. Yeah, man. You know what's yeah. crazy? Um, a lot of my family members tell me I was actually better at baseball than football. Like in their eyes, they thought I was better at baseball. But no I mean, I love football. I love the IQ. To me, it was really the physical contact. Baseball didn't have that like physicality, like manhood. I mean, it's still like, you know what I mean? When you got a 95 mile an hour fastball coming at you, like you got to stay in there and get hit by it. But on a consistent basis, I, I just love like the, the you know the physical mindset of football. So, yeah, that's my sport. what position you play? You were a center fielder, I think. No, yeah. So I was originally a catcher. Um, catcher, I, right, right. Yeah, right. I I generally think I have ADHD, so I always want the ball in my hand. So I found the two positions that at every point <laughs> the ball is in my hand, whether it's a catcher. I didn't like pitching too much wear and tear on my shoulder, so I found the next position that always has the ball. 
behind the so dish. it was catcher and nice. then yeah i got a little taller and a little faster so uh my senior in high school i moved to uh center field gotcha gotcha no. Yeah, well, pre- we all appreciate you coming on, Malik. Uh, you're you're great. Yeah, I listen to you all the time on the pregame. You do a great job. And Alex, Thank you guys. Alex and you are a good team. Yeah, man, I really like Alex. He's a great guy. So definitely glad I get to work with him. He's yeah. the man. He's the man. Uh, Malik, we'll we'll link up, man. I'll get Blue. Will give me your number, and we'll uh, we'll link up for some tailgating with Vish and, and the whole team there, man. Yes, sir. Sure. Can't wait to see you guys on Saturday. You guys have a great right, man. Right, Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Malik. Yeah, how, come on, Blue. I'm not gonna forget. He had his he had a home run in his first at bat. Jack's not like obsessed over the third string catcher on the freaking baseball uh, team. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, Jack Scanlon. <laughs> Jack Scanlon to start behind the dish. I don't see how Jack Scanlon can't start behind. Well, actually, it's probably gonna be Carlos Perez. Just based yeah, on I'll tell you what, Malik's a good dude. Sure. <laughs> what a great show, huh? We had a great show. It was an awesome show. Wait, we got Flo yeah, apparently Flo's, coming back. Yeah, he's gonna Flo's be coming in. He was on his phone, but he's like, "Listen, I'm gonna be home in two minutes. Let me get on my computer." So All right. He's going to get out. We'll talk a little bit of uh, FSU and stuff, um, but we'll also get into some recruiting. Let me charge my my freaking laptop. Hold on a second. You guys oh, Here we go again, man. Chat there. Here no, no, again. no. It's good. It's good. <laughs> here we go. We're going to lose Jazz again. That's right. Hey, DJ, it must be kind of cool up where you are. You don't have your fan going tonight. No, it is nice and fall over here, so that means about, like, 50. Jesus. Oh. Is that the so weather we over there right now? About yeah. 34 degrees here. <laughs> I'd love to see any one of you actually, Vish, not really you, because you kind of have experienced a tough winter, but I'd love to see you, Jazz, come on up here, or you, Blue, come on up yeah. here for a nice New England winter. Believe no, it or not, no, I, I never you. had that type of winter, but um, when I lived in Memphis, they had the coldest winter in like 30 years when I was there, and it snowed like seven days oh. straight, and it was it was pretty bad. It was like, yeah, I mean, it was in the 20s. It didn't really get down to like the negative, but I mean, I've been in that. I was in Chicago a couple of years ago right at, right after the freeze. So The windy city. Yeah, that's rough, yeah. though, man. That's rough. Yep. Let me tell you yeah. something, DJ. I spent five days in January in Bismarck, North Dakota. Let me Whoa. tell you something. It made Boston look like suntan weather. I mean, I it was 34 below at its at its highest. That's, that's well, brutal. As exciting yeah, as the bad. weather talk is, um, you know, we do have flow here, so let's do that instead. Oh, 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 my bad, my bad. That was a segue. Yeah, nice segue. All right, it was all right. I felt like I could have delivered it better. Flow from that. What's up, Daddy? How you doing, man? Man, these kids can trick-or-treat their ass off, man. You got lucky though, man. I had two families come by my house. That's it. No, bro. Like we went and we had a golf cart and everything, and it still was like three. We started at six thirty-five, and we just Damn. got done. That's yeah. awesome. They're Kids shape. were knocking on my door at five fifteen. Oh. I said, "What are you kidding me?" <laughs> well, you know what? I love to hear that because you don't hear all that that, that often anymore. Like when we were kids, yeah. like ten, you know, it was it was a thing. Like you had twenty, thirty kids out there at one time easily easily times have changed times have changed 100 i mean for god's sake i grew up in carroll city or excuse me miami gardens and (laughs) and and you wouldn't see a golf cart within 20 miles of carroll city (laughs) (laughs) you see a lot of things but not a golf cart not a golf cart how you boys doing we're good. doing good, man. We're doing good. We've had a pretty incredible show. Uh, Blue keeps mentioning it, which is he hits it right on the, on the head. We had Kenny Phillips on, Donnell Bennett just finished off with Malik Rozier now. And, nice. You know, it's it's so cool to have, like, all the, the different generations, as Blue mentioned, of players that have played in this rivalry um, going back to the 90s, some national champions, some obviously Kenny's a Super Bowl champion as well with the Giants. So, like, 
you know, and then of course you got Malik who just most recently had one, you know, whether you're 80 years old or whether you're 20 years old, one of the most memorable plays in this rivalry, right? That the touchdown pass to Daryl Langham. So, I mean, like everything all together, just this, this throw, throw four and four and five and three out the window, throw They were oh and eight. It don't matter. Like this is, this is it right here. This is, this is the pinnacle of rivalries for college football. It does rival the Michigan, Ohio States, and the Auburn, Alabamas, and those. It is right up there with that. And for us, it's the best, right? For us, it's it's the, the biggest rivalry in sports. So before we get into some other stuff, because obviously, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things going on. What does this rivalry mean to you, Flo, this FSU-Miami rivalry? You know, you've been a Kings fan since you were in, in diapers, too. So, like, talk to me about, about how you feel about this rivalry. Well, I mean, you mentioned Ohio State, Michigan, and 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 the other, you know, and I want to be respectful clearly to those rivalries. But when Miami and FSU are good, there's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it, you know. Um, and you know, we're fortunate, you know, like growing up with, you know, back in the day with the Orange Bowl when we first started getting on the map, you know, and then all of a sudden we started getting good, and then Florida State was good, and then it always seemed like it didn't matter. It was just goosebumps that's what i try to tell everybody like i have a couple people that are going for the first time and i'm excited for them i'm like it's it's just goosebumps it's just it's really goosebumps even though it's hard rock and it's a different era it just i would wager that this game is going to rival that notre dame game that we had a few years back i just because mario's back only because mario's back i i believe that the type of program he's trying to put in place is really going to respect the rivalry you know uh, not that we didn't get hyped for the last few years or excited to play Florida State because we we're always going to, you know, there there are the ones that we don't like. They don't like us. That's always going to be something. You know, it's like the West playing Central. That's going to be a – I don't care what – they're just not going to like each other, right? But I think, honestly, with Mario coming back and bringing, you know, Highsmith in there and just the guys around the program, it's a different It's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. I know that he tried to, in, in his interview, try to be like, no, it's business as usual. You know, we're just trying to do the process. I guarantee you, Mario's like, there's a little more grit in this game for sure. The physicality will be utmost. The passion will be utmost. You know, I just think the stadium's going to be rocking, and hopefully we we show up, you know, at the end of the day. Are they going to be playing the, the tomahawk chop in practice? I think Mario's going to pull out all the stops. As far as preparation go, I don't think that'll be an issue. As far as execution, yeah. now that's a whole other story. Oh, yeah. We can talk about that until we're doing the face. To to Flo's point on the atmosphere, remember our last time we played FSU at home was the pandemic year. So we had like a third stadium or like barely any fans in there. So this has been four years of pent up crap waiting to play them at home. So at 7.30 p.m., it's going to go off. Good point. Good point. And that's blue, blue. Where, where, where Where would we be playing this weekend if it wasn't against FSU? You mean on QVC? You mean at, <laughs> at nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Be on HGTV while playing. Look, yeah. man, Adidas paid a lot of money for that Miami Nights crap, and it had to be on. Friday yeah, nights. oh, that's right. That's too, right. It's a it's a blackout too. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's oh, right. Boy. I know. I know. Mario's not too happy about that. Oh no, no. Mario's all, all the traditional. Yeah. But for all for for all this all the swag that we bought, we we got to wear it this weekend, man. Um, get, you know. Just, just kind of piggybacking off of that, we saw obviously it's it's tough because I don't want to call it a poor performance. With the naked eye, it's a poor performance from uh, last week's you know game against UVA. 
you know, some some might say the offense played absolutely terrible. Vish mentioned that, look, it's hard to get away from a specific game plan when you're in that type of game. When you're in that type of game, the biggest thing, Vish said, right, right, no mistakes. Right, You don't want to make any mistakes. And your quarterback is not having the best game or whatever the case may be. Um, but the defense played lights out. Right, The defense had a great game, and they were missing some studs. Mesador was out for a little bit. West was out. Right, I don't think even James Williams played at all, right? Mm-hmm. So, like – you had a lot of you had a lot of adversity, a lot of things going on in that game, and the longer it went, the the it, it, it was just like it's 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 kind of a builder, right? A builder of, of this team, and I think you saw that. You saw you saw a little bit of difference when it came to to like the you know kind of like the players getting together and really coming coming together as a team. And you know we all talked about Khalil Brantley being wide open, but he t- he made you know Jay Garcia made a decision and he went with it, right? And he scored, and that, and that, and that's great. But um, moving forward, what does that win, you know, that quadruple overtime win in UVA do moving forward preparation-wise for Jake Garcia? Like, I kind of want to focus on him, but the team as a as, as a total, because I, I, I know I know Mar- Mario says that we're going to, you know, he's going to prepare all three quarterbacks to play. Chances are TVD is probably not going to play this game. Let's just put it out there. But let's say it's Jake Garcia's moment, right? How does he prepare going in? How does this team prepare now after this this win against UVA this past weekend? Well, I, I mean, you guys watch football. You you need you need this type of game. I know it sounds nobody wants to hear that, but you got You need that muddy, ugly. And, and for some reason, the last few years when we played Virginia, they've all been like that. All yeah. of them have been like that. You remember the one year they played? I think it was last year. They before they played three quarterbacks on us with three different offenses. <laughs> like, it was I mean, uh, yeah, with Bryce Perkins, right? When he was a quarterback there. It was well, a no, couple- Armstrong, Armstrong oh, was yeah, there, too. That's right. <laughs> yeah. they had, uh, Thompson was playing quarterback a little bit, they too. They literally that, that brought receiver. in three quarterbacks on us with three different schemes, and, <laughs> and it was it was crazy. But, um, you know, I, I will say this. I'll focus on the positive, right? It's easy to always continue to point at what's going on. Um, but I thought the offensive line played well overall. You know, they kept Jake clean overall. <laughs> we ran the ball in the fourth quarter in, in, a, in a drive we had to have, which that, to me, was – the best for me it was the the best sign that maybe they're starting to go in a better direction i mean when you can run the ball you know away from your house in a drive that is to win the game or to tie the game right and you run it i don't know how many times they run it on that drive six to seven times they ran it and they know you're going to run it that that's different from things we've seen in the past with this team and 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 I'm, that was the biggest thing I took away as far as Jake goes you know for us they got a chance to see him play at practice and we've seen him you know I'm you know I I I just you know I wish him nothing but greatness he's got the talent you know he's got the swag he's got that that moxie you know he just has that walk and that bounce but you know he's, he's got to learn to throw the boring pass He's got to learn to throw the check down and and I think if he learns to throw the boring pass he has a chance to be very very good you know, I, I, I on the way home, I was I was listening to Malik, and you know that's a quarterback talking right there. Of course, he wants to throw those go routes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and those, but you got to block. You know, to throw the go route. You know, at the end of the day, we this was the first game that I thought we blo- blocked in a while decent. You know, um, and people don't have to agree with this or not, but if, if you again, if you know football, Virginia runs a weird scheme. They run a lot of exotics, you know, and, and it's a first start for Jake. And after throwing three picks in one half last week, I think he clearly was a little bit gun shy. He was a little bit nervous. You know, you got to give him a, a kind of a pass, right? First start. But he made the play when he needed to make the play at the end. 
the team rallied around him. Everybody loves Jake, right? He's that guy. He's that guy. Um, and I wouldn't put it out there about TVD not playing. Be careful with that. I, I, I think there's a chance. I really do. I think there's a chance you might see him. That would be that would be great from your mouth, as as we like to say, from your mouth to God's ear. Flo. Um, Blue, what do you got for uh, for Flo? Well, obviously, uh, I mean, we, we – it wasn't one of those games last week, Flo, that, you know, you look at – I mean, there was a lot of missed opportunities, but just having a guy like Caleb uh, Young in there and getting a little bit get, – getting uh, um, Restrepo back on a pitch count, which I'm sure he'll be ready this week. Uh, what do you think about using – Mallory a lot more. I mean, when they went into him in a couple of games ago, he was just brilliant. They seem to go away from him too quickly. Yeah, I mean, that actually did surprise me because Mallory was having a – he was like on a little bit of a roll, you know, like kind yeah. of what we expected from him. He started waking up. He was making contested catches, catches thrown behind him. We know that he's not the greatest blocker, and that's fine. He's not going to go to the league to block. He's a, he's a catching tight end, right? And he's been catching the ball well, really well. And that threw me off too. That's a good point. But getting you're right, getting X back. That's that's gonna. I I know that people like to use a tight end as a security blanket, but I have a funny feeling it's gonna be X. I really do. I have a funny feeling because X knows the spots where to sit in the zone. You know, that's the key that a lot of people don't realize is we might have a couple guys emerging with Young, you know, and 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 Kobe George, but I don't know if they really know where to how to read a defense and know where the holes are. I'll I'll bet you X knows every hole, every little lane they jump into when to stop. And it's just such a nice, safe feeling for a quarterback to know it's third and six. I'm just going to we'll see where X goes, <laughs> you know, because he's going to find the spot and he's going to give you the lane, which is even more important. Yeah. Right. I'm a big fan of what Mallory's been doing uh, the last couple games. I was surprised that they didn't use him more. I'll be honest. Maybe there's some stuff that we don't know. I, that's the only thing I can think of, to be honest. But um, I, I'm I'm very optimistic from a from a health standpoint of getting some guys back this week where I don't know if flip a coin is going to be the execution. Hey, the other thing I was going to ask you, have we seen the last of Thad Franklin? What is going on with that, right? I mean, he this is a guy that started off the year that we're like, oh, he's emerging. He did the right things in the summer, right? He got in better shape. He started picking up the blitz, which was the issue. It was never him running the ball. He always could run the ball well, right? It was him picking up the blitz. Then we saw him, kind of, there were some flashes of him picking up the blitz. And then we get running backs that are banged up. So you think you're going to see more of that, but you see more of the transfer guy, right? Yeah. You see, you, you, I, I, and, you know, we speak to the program, and I can't even give you an honest answer because I'm a little confused myself. Uh, maybe they know something we don't know, and they just don't want to share it because I honestly thought Virginia was a perfect game to spell, you know, because Parrish is running like a dog. Let's, let's, let's just yeah. call it how it is. He's running like a dog. And he did the same thing in high school here. He was that guy. Like he's just—he might be small, but he runs like a dog. You know, at the end of the day, I'm so happy we have him. But I didn't to see Stanley and not that—that that threw me off too. Like I, I'm with you on that. I don't—I don't know. I don't have inside information on that. I'm confused. Yeah. Well. Well, I think you know, I've heard a few that... things, and I we kind of relate them here. I, you know, there's going to be a lot of moves in the off season oh, where yeah. a lot of the kids won't be back next year, and. I mean, he may be one of them because, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy. I mean, even if he went to a school like, you know, USF, UCF or a Big Ten school, you know, he's the type of guy I feel 
that you run the ball 25 times, he'll get you 150, 160 yards. And that's a, that to me is a big 10 type of back. Um, right now he may not fit into the scheme, but there's got to be a lot more deeper things than that because, you know, we've said on this uh, podcast a lot that uh, inside the 20 and on short yardage, there should be nobody else back there but him. I, I agree with you. I, I know the only thing that I had heard that was an issue, but he looked like he was cleaning up was him picking up the blitz, you know, um, because running the ball, I think he's performed pretty solid this year. Yeah, that's, that's just my opinion. See, I'm. I, I, this was my only issue with Thad running the football was the fact that I see a guy who's six foot, six one, two hundred forty pounds, and maybe I'm maybe I'm seeing it wrong because I don't know how to how to how to um, dissect plays or dissect certain things, right? Like that's just not my forte. But what I noticed was a big, 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 big bruising back like that. Turning his back was turning his back a lot. Yeah, when he was at the point of contact. You see him kind of turn his back a little bit, as opposed to go and, and just kind of drive through guys. I, I, I let me ask. He's you not gonna. Question, he's man. not gonna be a guy that's gonna make people miss a lot. But right. I felt like he was maybe turning his back. You know what I mean? I don't know let if me, that makes any sense. But let me let me flip this around on you because I, I like to go on Sundays and watch the tape again because I just it's just better for me to understand. I'm not emotional during the game. You know, I get to look at some things. He's a guy that I feel you can't just give five to seven carries though. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So you gotta get, you gotta let this guy get hit a little bit for him to get going. I think, you know, I do, I do know what you're talking about him turning his back, but I've also seen him fall forward a ton. But you, I think that's the kind of dude. And I, and I'll just echo what Larry said. You you gotta feed him. You you gotta feed that monster for for him to get really going. That's right. just me. You know, that's my opinion. Yeah. And he'll wear down the linebackers the and he'll wear down the safeties when he gets into the secondary. That's the type, you know, the thing is, is Parrish has been really, really good, but he gets beat up a lot. And no. you don't want that 170 pound body going tackle to tackle inside the 20, because you know, they're stacking the box against him anyway. So you have nine guys yeah. with a 10th guy walking up. You'd much rather have them hit a six, one, 225 pound guy than a guy who's five, 10, 165, 170. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's just my point. I, I, yeah, I'm kind of beat the dead horse. There, I guess is, I you know, kind of beat that dead horse a lot. Yeah, he just like, just like I kept uh, singing the praises of Corey Flack and then everybody kept yeah. saying, Oh no, Corey's this. Listen, at the end of the day, Corey leads the, the team in tackles by 31 tackles. So he must be pretty valuable to the team. Yeah, just on that, if he needs more carries to kind of get in a rhythm and all that, like we don't have those carries available. He hasn't earned, you know, 10 to 15 carries a game. So I think that's and, – and Gaddis talked about that actually in his press conference today, how like, all right, we're past the time where, you know, we're filling things out. We got to go with the guys we know. And I think they, they frankly trust Stanley more to pick up the tough yardage than they do well, that and, and Knighton. Yeah, yeah, they've got that package as well. But when they want to spell Parrish, I think they trust Stanley on a handful of carries to maximize that yardage more than, and certainly, I mean, Knighton clearly got benched and moved out of the rotation for the fumbling, which, but even beyond the fumbling, he wasn't really effective this year. So, so um, I, I think they're just shortening the rotation up. We saw it on defense too. They're, they're done, done putting in guys that aren't performing. Um, so I, I think we're just going to continue to see that and yep, these, these people are going to start transferring, but, um, which is just the end of the day and it, it sucks, right? Cause you watch these kids in high school and you know, they're talented, but it's, it is what it is. I don't, I think every running back on this roster has gotten enough opportunities where if they, 
had shown out, it would have led to more carries. And and the only one that's really consistently produced is Parrish. And so that's why he's getting all the carries now. And I think you could see a difference this week when he was healthy because yep. he was back there hitting it again. And it made a big difference in the running game. And, and you know, we tried the other guys when he wasn't healthy and they didn't, they didn't perform like that. Blue, I know we got to let you go because you got to run out of here. We got a couple more questions for Flo and a couple more things, but uh... – all right, guys. I appreciate you. We'll uh, we'll talk. Or uh, we got we'll pregame talk. or what? Yeah, we, we got pregame. We'll do it. Okay, man. Thanks, Thanks guys. Blue, good to see you. We're gonna do All it right, drunk buddy. from the parking lot. Anyway, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have pregame plans starting around <laughs> like two. We might have to. Uh, we, we might have to record that. This one, might be a that, pre-recorded pregame. Yeah, because that shit's I, I don't be, know. You know, we, I don't, I don't we know don't want to get the whole five reasons show demonetized off of whatever the hell we're gonna be doing an hour before kickoff. There will definitely be too much cussing there. We'll definitely get demonetized. Might be better for everybody if we do it on Thursday or Friday. Pre-record that. Yeah, that feels like a pre. Uh, <laughs> um, kind of moving along real quick because you know we we've talked about FSU a lot ad nauseum, but look, what's it going to take, Flo? We've all kind of had our our thoughts on this. What's it going to take for Miami to to you know look seven and a half point underdogs right now at home against Florida State in a night primetime game, seven thirty. This is this is when the lights are the brightest. This is when Miami football. Well, we kind of want to see. This team, right? This regime, this era, kind of just say, some, you know, this could this could really be a, a, a momentum shift, a, a change in in a lot of things, right? Um, but again, it could be just another football game as well. So, what's Miami got to do to kind of flip the script here and, and come out and win this football game against FSU? I mean. I mean, every recruit that we're we have and we're after is pretty much going to be in the building as well. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to say like this is a little more important than any game we've played. I know you say that every week, right. but you bringing in everybody for this game. You're on national TV, a night game. It's a little more important, right? Let's just let's just call it what it is. Plus, it's no, for sure. For sure. Um, I I just you know at the end of the day, I, I don't think it, it. I'm not worried about oh my god, they're a juggernaut and are we. Talent is going to be pretty much the same. Maybe we actually might have a little bit better talent depending on who's healthy in place. They've been playing more as a team than we have. You just got to be honest. Like Florida State looks more like a team. Yes, Norvell's been there, what, three years? So he better be getting his you-know-what together. And, and they look like more of a team this year. They definitely do. But where they're weak at, we're currently strong at. You know, they got two O-line out for the season. And our strength of our team is our, is our front seven. So if you're if we're ever gonna have an advantage, it's gonna be there. Now, what about the penalties? What about the drops? What about the? Ex- I I would love to give you an amazing, fun hurricane answer, but I gotta keep it honest. And as of right now, I haven't seen us execute consistently, right? And you're asking me, what is it gonna take for us to put it together? Dude, they've changed the scheme so many times now. I don't know what scheme we're even gonna see. Like, which is crazy. Like, and we're in the know. We talk to players. We talk to analysts. We know. I don't know what scheme we're going to see, to be honest with you. So it's hard for me to tell you what it's going to do. I think if we play above average, we win the game. Like, I don't think we have to play great to beat FSU. But can we play above average for four quarters? Not two. Right. Not in that. Not coming in the fourth quarter and coming back. If we can just play above average for four quarters, I think we're just fine in this game. I just haven't seen us put it together for four quarters. 
And that's where I'm nervous. I'm not even – it could be playing – we could be playing Mickey Mouse. It's a, it's going to be about us. This isn't Georgia coming in here. This isn't, you know, Bama or, or Ohio State or where we have to play above our – we just got to play a, above average football for four quarters, and I think we're just fine in this game. Can we do it? We're going to find out Saturday. I, I like something that you mentioned, I'll Fish I'll, and DJ. I'll let you guys get in on this really quick. But I, I like something that you mentioned – I don't know if it was like two or three weeks ago on your show that has resonated with me and kind of stuck with me the whole time about FSU. And this is about FSU that they are as good as Jordan Travis is. If the only way that they win is if Jordan Travis is lights out, if he has a hero, he has to be a hero. He has to be a hero. He has to play absolutely mistake-free football. He has to play superstar football for FSU to win. I'm not saying that he can – I mean, against, you know, lesser or inferior teams per se. I mean, again, it doesn't matter, right? MTSU showed us that it doesn't matter. But the point is that ACC football or against half-decent teams, he's going to have to play lights out in order for that team to win. And if, if there's anything that we can do, like you just said it, is put some pressure on even with the front four, not even forget about the front seven, right? We're pretty good with four. Um, but the front seven put pressure on um Jordan. Tra- of course, we're gonna have to figure out a way to put a spy on him or something because that's that is our weakness, right? Is 100% is the quarterback running. So if we can do that, if we can contain him, I think that that's that's the key to, to, to winning this game against FSU. It's definitely the key, but it, it goes back to and, and I'm sure you guys, I would be surprised if you disagree. It's for us, isn't the plan. It's not, are we prepared? We have our staff is elite, you know. Can we execute? Yeah, 100%. That, that's that's where I'm stuck. I'm just stuck right now. I don't, I, I, I'm really just stuck. Like, I, I'm not worried that, that we're not going to be ready to play or, you know, have a good answer to if they do this or if they do that. You know, the prep, I think, will be really good. Can we execute? You know what I mean? That That's where, I just want to see it. I need to see it. I got to see it at this point. Good good question here in the chat, Vish. You want to take that really quick? Who would you put on to spy on Travis? Yeah, we, we did some interesting things against Virginia on that, even though obviously Travis is more mobile. They do a lot of quarterback run stuff. So we, we adjusted after the fir- first half he ran all over us, made some adjustments. <clears throat> so one of the things we were actually doing is dropping a defensive lineman. So Jafari Harvey was actually spying a lot on those. Yep on those runs and all he has to do is just string it out a little bit. And then the cavalry comes and makes the tackle. So I think we'll probably do some of that dropping linemen back. Um, And, and the other thing is that's going to be key is the lane responsibility. We were a lot better in the second half, you know, making that, keeping that contained the first half we're rushing a lot of control lanes opened up for him. So it'll be a combination of those things. If it's a linebacker, it'll probably be um, probably be Caleb, but um Although we have used flag quite a bit as a spy as well, so it'll be situational. But I think we'll actually probably, especially in those long yardage, I think we'll see some three-man rush and kind of drop an alignment back to do it. Here's the problem. I think flag can hang with a guy like like Brandon Armstrong because he doesn't have the wheels that Jordan Travis does. Jordan Travis will run circles around Corey Flagg. But it's not, even about, it's not even about that. It's about reading the play and disrupting the run. Once the yeah, quarterback he's gonna have down, a harder time though. People will come up and tackle. People will come up and tackle with him. The spies not to make the tackle. He's gotta impede the progress. And flag can do that. And, and that's a lot more on how quickly they diagnose the play. It's very easy for a spy to run himself out of the play and really screw the defense up. So, you know, and I know they trust they they definitely trust Flag's football IQ. 
Yeah, he's look. I don't think anybody questions his IQ, and he's playing better this year. It's just he's he can only get so much out of what his athletic ability allows him to. But he, I think he's by far the smartest linebacker we have, you know. And he has played better. Like if you compare what he's doing this year to last year, he's a lot better. He's a lot better. I, got, I give him credit, but it's just when I'm on Sundays and I watch that tape, there's sometimes that I'm just like, I don't understand why he's the guy we pick and put him in that situation. And I get it. One side of me is like, cause he's the smartest and he knows that situation is coming. And the other side of me is like, but he'll never get there. You know, like, like this is the stuff that I battle in my head, you know? So you got to decide, do you want an athletic faster, you know, backer that might make miss a read or a key or not, not diagnosed quick enough, but can react. Or do you want a guy that can probably be in the right spot and maybe not catch up? You know, like, I think that's where we're at. It's personnel right now. Let's just keep it 100, right? We don't have the personnel that we would like to have there. So we got to play the best. And right now, Corey, whether people like it or not, he's the most solid backer we got. I think Caleb is coming on, though. I really do. I think Caleb is coming on. Put that up real quick. for this. Yeah, I was reading that. I was reading that. And you know what? Dog, don't get mad. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I believe you a hundred percent. I've gotten you know, the people that do our my Twitter have told me there's a bunch of people coming into. I believe you. I'm sorry. I apologize, but I have no idea. <laughs> no I, idea. I, I, on behalf of, on behalf of Flo, I, I you know, we helped them out. We took took care of them with the with the parking. I had a extra yeah. parking there. So, um, you know, you mentioned something earlier, Flo, that. Obviously, this is this is this is homecoming. It's a blackout game. It's rivalry. It's FSU. Yada yada yada. But it's also when the most recruits are going to be down here for sure, right? Um, we know. Obviously, everybody knows. Uh, you know, flow no flow knows recruiting. Maybe. <laughs> um, you know, the, the last couple of days have been huge for the Canes, right? Getting the number two player in the country, the number one cornerback in the country, uh, in Cormani McLean. That one obviously was for for some people. It wasn't as big a surprise as for others, but nonetheless, right? Like at some point, like Kings fans are always doom and gloom until right. it happens, and you're like, "Oh crap! All right, we just got, we just nailed Cormani McLean down. Like, let's ride." And then you got Caleb Spencer out of kind of out of nowhere, flips on Oklahoma. I didn't see that one coming. I know we've spoken about him, and he's a name that has been on the radar for the Hurricanes, but. We're talking about flipping an athlete that, yeah, he's a three-star, and I know stars, again, don't matter, but they do matter. Um, it, it just like looking at his tape, he's 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 a dog, right, as we like to yeah. say. He's an absolute yeah. dog. So he's a guy that fits, you know, the mold of what, you know, what the type of player that Mario wants. There's so many other guys out there that are going to be here this weekend. Without We don't have to name names because I know a lot of that stuff. It, it's it's First of all, it's hard to keep up with everything. Because kids change their minds more than their underwears, um, <laughs> but at the same time, a lot of them have their minds made up too. And Correct. some of them want validation. Some of them want to; they just want to be there. They want to be with their boys. They want to feel feel that atmosphere. What's what does this game do uh, for recruiting? Because we talk a lot about the losses. We talk about a lot, a lot about the other games that we're like, oh my gosh, what does this do to recruiting? We just lost to do. We got our asses kicked by Duke. Oh no. Boom, Carmody McLean pops off like right after a, a quadruple overtime where where we look like we quote unquote look like crap. Right. You know, and then so what this game, I think maybe it's a little bit different, maybe it isn't, but it's FSU, right? And a lot of the guys that are looking at FSU are looking at Miami, vice versa. You know, you got some that are committed to FSU that maybe are still look. What does this game do for recruiting? 
win, lose, or draw? Well, I mean, recruiting will never be a problem here ever again as long as Mario is <laughs> Like, I, I, I know people don't want to hear that, and that's the boring answer. The dude is different. He's just a different animal on the trail. People that I know of that have been there for years, and I would even bet you if Larry was here, he would echo this. Mario is different kind of guy when it comes to recruiting. It's just different. There's nobody you can compare him to as far as how relentless he is. So recruiting is not an issue. What this game does for recruits are the ones that we're trying to flip, right? The ones that we're on, they're kind of on the fence. Mario's going to close those guys. The ones that are already in the bag, we're probably going to keep all of them. If we lose one, it'll be a quarterback just because he wants to go start somewhere. Other than that, I would be shocked if we lose any of them, right? Because that's the kind of relationships that Mario builds. They're solid. He's straight up. He doesn't lie. He doesn't promise them. But he texts them at 3 in the morning. He texts them at 9 in the morning. He calls them eating and drinking coffee at, at 4. He's talking to everybody all day. I don't know how he does it, but he does it, right? And he's real. And the cool thing about what Mario does is he can literally just show the track record. Not only does he bring guys in, but he develops them and puts them in the league. That's different than just being a good recruiter. That's a recruiter that delivers. That's So now you're a good recruiter. You get the kid. You, you deliver it. Now you got the parent. It's over. It's a lock, right? Um, and at the end of the day, I don't think none of this will affect any of the guys that are on the fence. Honestly, I think Mario closes those guys and the ones that are in the house because they're, they're those they're, their characters are so many. Now, the guys that we're trying to flip, that is where the, where it gets interesting as far as how we perform on the field, right? Because there's a few guys that will not be on that list that will be at the game. You know, they won't be publicly listed because they don't want the school to know. Right. Those are the ones that I think we need to show something good. Our fans can't be booing in the stadium all the time because if we're not playing well, you know, th- those – those are the those two to four guys are the ones that I think we need to play well. We need to have a good atmosphere. They got to get along with the guys that are there to flip. But as far as like anything else, and it's it's awesome because I love recruiting. This has been first of all, it's a nightmare to try to follow Mario and what he who he's talking to. <laughs> but it's so easy to predict. It's it's because when you talk to the recruits now, they're like, it's not like well, I, I kind of like what I'm here. It's like, dude, yeah. he's real. He's, he, he, he gave me my whole map when, from when I get on campus, from when I leave campus. And when I go my second year, like Mario's presentations that he does to, to these guys are, is like an NFL combine thing that he does. They're, it's so high level that it blows these guys away. And again, I'm going to end with this. He doesn't just recruit, he develops. You can't say that about a lot of good recruiters. No, that, and that's been our biggest downfall in this program, I think, is the development of of some of these big time recruits and these big time players. Because I mean, when you got guys like Tracy Howard coming, I saw a thing the other day that said like the top fifty five star cornerback uh, defensive backs of all time that were recruits. Tracy Howard falls in there. You know, yeah. he's like he's like top twenty. And I'm like, how does that guy not end up being you know a starter in the NFL? And it's just right. you know, it's it's. it's it's a well, I mean, the it's other thing we, we, we've definitely seen is some, some some guys that do end up playing here and, and have an okay career actually have a better NFL career. Right. It's like, yep. how does that even happen? It's crazy. And listen, Mars, we're not used to it because it's been so long. So we're conditioned to not be used to it. Mars used to go into heads up with Alabama and Georgia, heads up and recruiting. It's, no, it's normal for him. For us, we're like, oh, my God, Bama's <laughs> involved. Georgia's involved. In that building, they're like, uh, this is who we're always involved with. Like, these are the guys we go after. These are the same guys that we're used to recruiting against. 
and he continuously beats them. It's a mindset, man. It's, yeah. a, it's so different. You know, it's, it's true. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about it. For him, it's normal. For us, we're like, whoa, Carmody McClain, the number one player that's not a quarterback in the country, pretty much, yeah. right? Right. But DVD has been just massaging that relationship and just building it. And then Mario comes in like, like this, woo, and just seals the deal. Yeah, we've known about Carmody. And for Carmody is like, it's not even that it's Carmani McClain. It's where we got him from. You know how hard it is to get them boys out of Lakeland? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Those guys don't go to Miami. No, they no. don't. Not anymore. <laughs> is DVD an elite recruiter, Flo? I think he's probably the best recruiter that's not on the field in the country. That's why. That, that doesn't have it on the field. I, I Actually, I would, I, would, I would bet on that. I know what they say about him behind the scenes. And even when Bandit was here, and Bandit would get the credit. Remember when Bandit? Oh, no, yeah. I don't want to do that. Let's just say hypothetically, Bando was getting credit for recruits, <laughs> but it was really DVD that was get the, the top guys, right? Right, right. And last year we were like Graves and Rogers, they're top guys. Those were DVD guys. A lot of people don't know that those DVDs. And now this year he comes around and gets that number one dude. And wait until he's got an encore coming. He's got a he's about to do an encore. No, he's not gonna top Cormani, but that's a close one. I mean, he he kind of has Francis uh, Francis Maigoa as well, right? Like, yeah, but but that's more Mario. That one's more Mario. Right. Oh, honest. gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, okay, that's more Mario. DVD. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. DVD is 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 an assassin, and if he gets on the field, I mean, he just beat Corey Raymond, yeah. who's the goat at that position. Corey Raymond is the goat at that position because he's a, he can do what Mario does. This is who I get. This is what I did with them, and you can watch him play on Sundays. And I've been doing it for a while. That's at that at the DB position. There's nobody better than Corey Raymond, and, and, and I mean, all you got to do is look at his track record, and then there's no argument. Yeah. I don't like that he's a Gator, but I'm going to be honest. He's the monster. He's a monster on the trail at that position. DVD's off the field and beat him for the best guy. It's crazy. <laughs> oh man. Um, any final things, uh, fellas, for for Flo here, DJ Vish? Trick or treat. <laughs> oh, man, just beat FSU. That's, That's all it. it's about this week. Just beat FSU. Flo, we're gonna, listen. I know you're gonna get out there a little early, a little early-ish. Oh, yeah. What oh, time yeah. you gonna be out there? Because we're trying to, we gotta try to set up. You're in the orange lot, right? No, we were in the green this year. Oh, we, you're in the green. That's yeah, we moved to the green because when we heard all the stuff that was happening with parking, mm. we got what a nightmare. So we were like, we didn't know if it was gonna be like orange. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it's a definitely a different vibe in green, but it's it's so refreshing. It's a little different, and I'm and I'm and I'm like, I'm I'm com- I'm being like a chameleon. I'm I'm starting to blend into it now. It's a little di- we got a little more space. You're not like this. Yeah. You know, we got the DJ, we got the grills, we got the TVs going, all that stuff. Like always, but I got to tell different. you, it's a little different. I'll be there. I'll be there early, and you know, I will be uh, pre gaming. The, the green does open an hour ahead. Or That's an right. Hour earlier, yeah. That's so. right. We'll have to we'll have to meet you there. So we got a three oh nine. Our our lane is three oh nine. We're in the green, three oh nine. We always get the same spot. Come down three oh nine. You'll see. We take up pretty much the whole lane. So oh, I know mm-hmm. I know where you're at. I know yeah. where you're at. You're, you're right yeah. by a uh, turn turn fourteen on the track. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't say something like that. They were ripping up the the garages last time I was there. I don't oh, know. They're they redoing them. I don't know what they're doing there. Hey, Two. look. They're two, making money. The two favorite sports of, of flow, baseball and, and F1 racing. You lost your one. mind. You done lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, we have Malik Rozier on, who, by the way, 
when he was on the by, he, I don't know if you know this, he played baseball for UM also, right? His first. I didn't know year. that. I didn't know yeah. Malik did that. Wow. So Malik was on the baseball team um, for for the Canes his freshman year. First at first at bat ever as a freshman for Malik. He had a home run against wow. Rutgers. Yeah, man. A lot of people don't know that, but he was a stud baseball player also. Oh, man. So um, Malik did a lot for us, man. He did a lot for us. That's right, man. We'll get you out to a game again. Get you out to hey, look, I'll come out. I'll go to watch anything. It's just you guys got to explain it to me. It was weird. People started getting up and singing something Alabama or Sweet Home Alabama or something like that. Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. That's what it was. <laughs> and then everybody knew the damn words. And I was looking. Even everybody I was with was like, yeah. Javi was probably like, Javi, Javi was like, know this. I was like, what did I miss growing up that I miss a whole, like, phase or something? Oh man, I'm so the, the baseball uh, fan base is a little uh, it's a little wacky, man. It yeah, it's a little I mean, it was yeah. cool. I just didn't understand <laughs> it. I mean, the, the, dude, the guy in front of me when it was almost the game was almost over, he was there with his mom. He turned around. I never met this guy in front of all the boys that I was with. He turned and looked right at me. and Goes, bro, I've never met anyone that doesn't know more about baseball than you. I never met, and I was like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I guess because I, I was like, I'm sorry. Like, because I go win halftime, right? I was like, because I was hungry. And they're like, there isn't. I mean, halftime's whatever you want. Just go yeah. get food. Man. And then the guy's like, you know, there's a stretch. You do a stretch. And I was like, why are you stretching? You're sitting down. Like, I was like, what are you stretching for? Like, it was crazy. But then, like, why I, do I, they do a seven thing stretch? I don't understand, bro. And then the song, everybody knows the words. It's almost like they had it in their phone and they were practicing it. It was the weirdest thing. The whole stadium. Knew the, all the words to the song. I mean, I it's like, famous at baseball games, not just ours. I get it. Did you get? I, did you get a milkshake? I did not. The line was crazy. You can order it. They, yeah, they can bring you it can to order you. it on the app. They'll bring it to your seat. They bring it to your oh, seat. Well, I was with the wrong yeah. people. They didn't. Tell Although me the that. app was broken last time, I was there? Yeah, well, I stood in line for like uh, three innings. Because everyone told me about the shake, and I went down there, and the line was like, "Yeah, the, the line yeah. you'll miss." You listen, it, it won't matter, right? Because you don't really, you don't really <laughs> like these lines. You'll yeah, miss half the game. But it was cool. Know. Like, hold on, let me say, I did enjoy. I thought it was cool. I just didn't yeah. understand. They were saying things like, and I don't want to, man. See, I feel bad for all the baseball aficionado. Like, they're like, yeah, there's a guy that he goes to the high school and he trains before the game, and then and then he plays in the game, and then he goes. I was like, bro, but he might run once in three hours. What do you tr- like? You literally might take off once in three hours. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. of course he will train it's a, it's thirteen times before game. the game. <laughs> like you, you know, like I didn't it's, understand it. But it's a very cerebral I, game. In, hey, in, in I respect it because sure. I play golf, and and I'm not good at golf. And that little white ball annoys the snot out of me. And I'd be damned if I, someone tells me golf is easy. So hell no, baseball, you know, baseball you know must me. be really hard. Yeah, you know, you know me with my ten handicap. So <laughs> yeah, hey, look, baseball must be hard. <laughs> I mean, that song is pretty famous outside of baseball. Gary, I love you, dog. I I'll be honest. I don't you think don't I ever heard that song. Sweet Caroline. Yeah, it's Neil, I, Neil Diamond, baby. That's the one thing Neil Diamond is known for. Listen, let's be honest with you. The, Neil Diamond is not in in in, in Flo's Spotify. I'm sorry, like I just <laughs> never heard it. <laughs> it was cool. I was moving to it. Like every you know, I was doing this. I don't think you're supposed to move to it. Man. Man. Yeah, I'm a bit, listen. I'm a equal opportunity person. I'm gonna I'll go anywhere and ju- and try to blend. I just wanted someone to explain stuff to me. You know, like I was trying to learn some of the things. I, that was my second baseball game I ever been to in my life. I went to one Marlins game once, but I really didn't go down there. We were sat at the bar on the top, so I didn't yeah, watch the game too much. That's what most people do at Marlins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So I, I actually got to watch the game and ask questions, and they were it was kind of cool. They were telling me about the guy, the Morales guy. He's a beast, and and they were just explaining to me. I, I thought it was really cool. I had to get. I would go again 100. percent Now I can sing and everything, so I'm ready. 
Oh, God. I'm not going to share that. We're not it was funny, but, you know, family show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Flo, we love you, brother. You know you're always part of the family. I love here. you, boys. Um, thanks, for, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see We'll see you on Saturday. You know we'll I will see you guys. Hey, man, you guys are the best. Keep killing it. Love you guys. Have a good night. Happy hey, Halloween. You as well. Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween. Oh, man. It's been a show. It's been a show. Two hours with you guys. What a day. Thursday oh, week. Well, well, it was two hours with me. Jazz, we got like a little bit less than that. Yeah, you got about an two hour. Two hours with you and an hour and 30 with Jazz. Oh, boy. So two hours you'll never get back. All right? Eh, I don't mind it. <laughs> oh, mind it. DJ, you're so sweet. You're so sweet, DJ. Um, hey, it's the three of us here. We got to stick together. We are. And blue. blue. And blue. Always. We had to step up. Yep, yep. Um, thanks, anybody and, and everybody for joining us. PrizePicks.com. Make sure you check them out. Um Offer code five F I V E. Offer code five F I V E. Mix and match your players, win some money. Pricepicks.com. When you sign up, use the code five F I V E. Make sure you check them out. Um, watch us on. We we do. We will have a pregame show. Uh, so don't worry about it. We'll have a pregame show about an hour before game time. Uh, you'll have. We'll, it on we'll, there. we'll be pre-recording that for sure. We will. No we will because we're, we're all going to be at the game, and that's not going to happen at the game. So um, make sure you keep it locked on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube. Follow us every Monday night on. Excuse me, on the same channel, 8.30 p.m. here, Five Reasons Sports. It's the uh, Six Rings Kings show. And, of course, pre- and post-game. Uh, no post-game this week, only po- only pre-game this weekend. Uh, so uh, unless, DJ, you want to do it by yourself. By 11 o'clock or whatever yeah. on Saturday. Like, we're yeah. I may be in rough shape on Saturday as, as well. As, so full of crap, as full as crap as I usually am, this is going to be – We're going to be – yeah, this is going to be on a different stratosphere here. This is so. no good. You just uh, give this a GoPro and then make that our uh, post-game show. That's going to be brutal. That would be brutal. You're talking about – you know, have you ever seen the movie Cloverfield? This is going to be oh, yeah. worse than that, right? It's going to be worse than that. Um Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank you to uh, all of our guests, Kenny Phillips, Donnell Bennett, Malik Rozier, and, of course, Flo as well. What an amazing show as FSU week gets kicked off and started here. Uh, may have some more snippets for you this week. Keep it locked on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Six Rings Canes. Make sure you get all the content there. And, of course, um, we're on social media on, on Instagram as well. Follow us at Six Rings Canes there also. Vish, you got something for DJ? Uh, Go Canes. Go Canes. Let's do it. See you guys. The Six Rig Canes Show. The Six Rig Canes Show. The Six Rings Canes Show. (laughs) You know. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.